Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Coplin Talk. This week, we have a two-for-one special. We got both chapters 22 and 23 because 22 was short. It was a short chapter. <laughs> we have another perspective change again. This time, it's back to Perrin, who's made it to the other side of the river and on the lookout for Egwene and anyone else he can find. He does end up finding her. And then chapter 23, Perrin and Egwene are on their way to Camelin. They're hoping to find some towns and farms along the way, but aren't having much luck. Food isn't easy to come by either. And after a few days of travel, they meet a strange man named Elias, who has some even stranger friends. So with that, let's get started with chapter 22. Lily... Do you have any first impressions? This was a really short chapter, not too much going on. Maybe something? Uh, yeah, yeah. My notes for this were like half of a page. Yeah. Some initial reactions. I love this sort of character journey beginning of Perrin. You know, he starts from a gentle giant. Uh, and at the end, he's kind of the lead explorer. It's so cute. He, he even yeah. points out, he's like, I guess I'm going to be the leader. Like, <laughs> I know. This journey for him is very... Uh, it's adorable. He's a great, I love to have a more centralized look into his thoughts. I love this. This is why these POV chapters yes. are excellent. Perrin also shares my thoughts on Moraine. He says, I just wish we could do without her. I suppose we can't though. And I said, I know, dude, we just have to accept that she'll be around. And that's kind of where I'm at too. Like, so true. I'm not about her. I wish that she was not needed in this book, but I understand she is. So we'll just leave it there. And Perrin, uh, he spoke for me. When he, when I read that, I was like, you know what, Perrin? For you, I'll agree. For you. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And because they mentioned going to the Amerlin seat, in my head, I'm picturing the Amerlin seat to be like the Shark Tank panel and Perrin and Egwene are on their journey to like present their business <laughs> yeah. plan. So it's kind of uh, what I was thinking. Nothing, I shouldn't say nothing happens in this chapter. What happens is a path chosen. They choose a path. So, right. All that happens in this chapter is Perrin wakes up after sleeping under a tree. Perrin has become a tree. <laughs> Even the symbol for this chapter is a tree. It's, yeah, well. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, he like has a moment of thought to himself. And I just want to know from the crowd of right. goblins who are listening, if anyone can figure out what this phrase means. He says, if wishes were wings, sheep would fly. And I just, I don't get that. What, is it, what's the meaning? Is it there? like um, like a counting sheep when you're trying to sleep type of thing? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the context is... No, like, it's... I also don't understand what that means, so... No, the context is like he's thinking about the fades and the trollocs that could be on the other side of the river and a whole list of other worries... That would have vanished with the appearance of the Aes Sedai, a.k.a. Moraine, or the Warder, or even better, his friends. But if wishes were wings, sheep would fly. So, I mean, he also says that was what Mistress Luan always said. Like, we understand that right. Perrin isn't great with, like, deducing things for himself and trying to figure things out for himself. It's like, oh, that's just what someone yeah. said. I just recycled it. I don't she know. She always says this. So, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying right now. Oh. Anyway, that's that's a side note. <laughs> Eventually, he sets off downriver, smartly hiding as he moves, still wary of the Trollocs and the Murdral that might be searching for them. Eventually, he finds a hoofprint and then Egwene and Bella and accidentally scares Egwene by just bashing through the bushes into the <laughs> clearing and realizing that she was probably terrified that it was a Trolloc coming after her because she's like holding some kind of club yeah. or whatever, ready to go. But it's just Perrin. Egwene says that Bella saved her ass by dragging her across the river. Thank God for Bella. Thank the creator for Bella. Ooh. And Perrin discovers that Egwene has managed to make a fire somehow. He doesn't think about it too much, though. And Perrin finally gets to get warm. Well, he doesn't think. Well, I know. It's <laughs> I love, I love Perrin. sad. <laughs> but you can tell it's everyone's a little surprised when he says he's been thinking about some things, which I... <laughs> Oh, poor parent. Oh. Anyway, both of them are worried about finding the others, but Egwene has faith that Moraine will come to their rescue. 
Perrin ends up, as we said, as their accidental leader, and makes a good point that they can't just wait around to be saved. After all, Moraine and Lan could be dead, they have no idea. So Perrin comes up with a plan to avoid the Shadow Spawn. They're going to skip White Bridge, because that's the place that they're expected to go next. Instead, they'll go straight to Camelin, the next major city on the way to Tarvalin, and if they don't find Moraine there, they'll continue on and make their case to the Amarlin seat herself. Go Perrin! Taking the lead, making some plans. And this short chapter ends with Perrin and Egwene heading out on their journey to Camelin. So... That's pretty much the gist of it, honestly. My that, only no, other notes is that Egwene raises her eyebrows in surprise when Perrin says he's been thinking, which, like, oof, sorry, Perrin. Uh, Egwene still has full faith in Moraine. She says, they might find us any time now. Moraine is Aes Sedai after all. So to Egwene, being Aes Sedai kind of, like, trumps everything, you know? Like, right. somehow Moraine being Aes Sedai means that she is going to save them all, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of, I think, a naive view. And yeah. kudos to Perrin for kind of calling that out, being like, you know, you can't just rely on others to come save you. You have to save yourself sometimes. Right. Well, it's like all of the, like the boys all have, I would say, like a pretty healthy mistrust of Moraine yeah. and Aes dying, And then Egwene is for some reason like, no, she's gonna find us. Uh, I trust her completely. Uh, so she told me I was Aes Sedai, so basically we're best friends. <laughs> I'm special. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm also special. And then Perrin's like, yeah, he is clowned on a lot in this chapter for like thinking, but I think this is the first time where, and this is exactly what I was talking about a few chapters ago, we need to put these characters in positions where they have to make decisions. They have to prove themselves. Perrin would not be talking about the Amarlin seat and traveling to Camelin as opposed to Whitebridge if he was just in the larger group. You know what I mean? Like he's being forced Hell to make no. these decisions yeah. and he's being forced yeah. to to be the leader. He recognizes how weird that is. He even, he says it himself, like, I guess I'm going to lead us. But this is how people grow and this is what Moraine was holding them back from. <laughs> no, yeah. and he has a great plan, honestly. He like does. Like he said, while he was waiting for five minutes to leave Shotter Logoth, careful thought is the way and he's got this really like he's got backup plans he's got mm -hmm. the main plan he's like if it comes down to it you know and moraine is just nowhere to be found then we'll just go to the Amarlin seat herself which is like damn set your sights high i love that because it's they say it's like the obvious thing to do would be go to going to Whitebridge, but no let's go another le level deep that's where the fades are going to be that's where they expect us to be right so yeah. can we go to caneland sure how do we get there well there's probably villages they can give us directions we'll figure it out mm -hmm. and then they just go and you're right if that doesn't work you know we'll be there for a few days if moraine can't find us at that point We'll give her a chance. We're going to Tar Valon because that's ultimately where we're going to end up being. Like, you're right. And he's being forced to think this yeah. way. I I love that because you're not going to get this. You know, when Matt's flaunting around Shadar Logoth with more death, Perrin's not like, can we just, yeah. can we leave? Can we, like, he's, he's not as assertive at that point. Whereas after this ordeal, he's going to be more in control no. of himself. So I love that he gets this chance. But yeah, I really have nothing else. That's all this this chapter. It's pretty much it, other than my predictions, which are pretty, pretty s slim. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you have any predictions before we move on to 23, or are you going to put them together? So my predictions are kind of shifting. I know last chapter I said they're all going to reunite at Whitebridge. That seems unlikely at this point. So now I think Moraine and Lan and Nynaeve will find... Rand and Matt first in Whitebridge, and then later are going to find Perrin and Egwene in Camelin. Uh, but for the same reason, Nynaeve is going to sense Egwene, and then they're going to find uh, Perrin. Okay. I also think Egwene will first channel the One Power while protecting Perrin and herself from Trollocs on the way to Camelin. So that's the first time she's going to channel, because uh... like we talked about, it's something that she wants really badly, life and death situation, and she's going to channel the one power, and that's the first time that she's going to touch it. So. Okay. All right. So on to 23. So let's move Karen on. and Egwene are on their way to Camelin. They're having a great time, for sure. They're fighting over who gets to ride Bella. Egwene is insisting that they share time, and Perrin's like, no, I'll just walk. Um, I want to 
get into that a little bit because that's some fun moments there. Yeah. Perrin finds a rabbit for some food and surprises Egwene as she's trying to start a fire with the power. They have a little discussion about that as well. But as they continue to travel, they're having some trouble finding food. They're resorting to hunting as they walk or foraging for mushrooms, but there's not a, a lot going on. Mm -hmm. There's a little montage scene where they're finding random ruins, but <laughs> avoiding them because they remind them of Shatter Logan. They all are kind of like scarred from that yeah. experience. Fair. I don't know why. <laughs> Um, Perrin is having nightmares with Balsamon mm. chasing him through mazes and hunting him in yeah. his dreams, which sucks for Perrin. We haven't seen Balzi in a while, so you know, there, there he is. We really haven't. What's up? We have some moments of Perrin being a good leader. Like when they first smell the smoke from a cook fire, Perrin decides to go ahead alone just in case it's a trap or something he thinks to himself. There were responsibilities to being a leader, which I, that's such a, mm. a character moment for him. Yes. But that fire turns out to be made by, quote, a strange fellow <laughs> okay. wearing animal skin clothes. And the man has apparently been watching Perrin and Egwene for the past few days and decided to help them out because they are in trouble, obviously. <sighs> <laughs> um, his name is Elias, and he gives them some food. And then Elias's friends show up. Turns out his friends are wolves, and he can talk to them. And Perrin immediately thinks this might be a massive mistake and this guy is insane. Which, yeah, um, to be fair, I would also think that. Mm -hmm. But Elias claims that Perrin can talk to the wolves too. And he doesn't like the sound of that. Elias also wants to know, you know, why the heck they're in the middle of nowhere. And Egwene tries to tell their kind of fabricated story and Perrin's real... It goes over well. <laughs> yeah, he's real sure that it's bulletproof, but it's very obviously not. Elias and the wolves pretty much call them out immediately and then threaten them. We smell Trollocs and Murdral on you, and these wolves here really hate Trollocs and Murdral, so, like, I would tell the truth if I were you. So they end up telling Elias pretty much the whole truth. Mm -hmm. The only thing Perrin holds back is his dreams of Balsamon, mm -hmm. and it works out fine. You know, Elias and the wolves seem to accept that because... Like he said, the wolves are against Shadowspawn, and clearly Perrin and Egwene are too, so they feel some kind of kinship there, I'm assuming. Yeah. But Perrin mentions that they're on their way to Tarvalin, but Elias doesn't really like Aes Sedai very much. Apparently he's had some run-ins with the Red Aja at some point, who wanted to gentle him for his mm. ability to talk to wolves. And we'll, we'll get into this whole nitty-gritty later on, but eventually what ends up happening is Elias decides that he and the wolves will help guide Perrin and Egwene on their way to Camelin because they really need help. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently the way they were going would have put them about 100 miles north of Camelin or something like that. So they they were struggling. You know, Perrin is a, a new leader. He's a new in the leadership space. <laughs> so there's some things to, to work out. His sense of direction could be better. Could be better. Uh, yeah, so some of my um, initial reactions from this chapter here is, as I incorrectly predicted, Egwene will first channel in a life or death situation. Actually, no, she's already channeling. She's ma already making fire from her yep. mind. And Perrin is terrified. <laughs> He's like, please... No. He's like, stop it. But I thought that her first, you know, channeling would be more of a spectacle, kind of like Nynaeve's was. But I thought that mm -hmm. in this way, it's kind of portraying that this is what it's like to have the innate ability to channel, that it just comes through you, you know, in really anything you need. It's not this kind of grand thing. Egwene's just doing things. She's not even thinking about it. And I think that's trying to portray that this is a powerful Aes Sedai. This is not normal that she can just make things happen. No, definitely not. And like, just uh, to pause for a second, she did channel once before during her lessons with Moraine. Oh yeah, the flame! The the blue light, the blue stone that Moraine wears on her forehead, that she was making it flash. That's so it. So she was guided through that first touching already, and so maybe now it's a little bit easier oh, for her okay, to figure yes. it out. But in there, Moraine did say that most women who come to the tower to train take months to be able to do that. Right. So Egwene is definitely a fast learner. Uh, and now she's able to make fires on her own, or at least she was once. Okay, so. yeah. Actually, thank you for bringing that, that up. Because yes, that makes so much more sense that Egwene already was kind of helped. So she didn't have the convulsion dizziness thing that Nynaeve went through. Yes. So she's going to, this is right. already going to be a little bit more smooth from her. 
but I just want, yeah, I need some definitely. more Aes Sedai for my, for my girls, Egg and Nye. I need it. Hell yeah. I've already kind of mentioned this, but I really am enjoying these parent-focused chapters. Rand and Matt, they have both already had their character moments. Obviously, the first however many chunk of chapters are Rand's perspective. And then we get a lot of, like, Matt's fuckery, like, flower pranks and let's go off <laughs> yeah. with more death. And Perrin's in the background. He's usually overlooked. So now we're seeing him kind of wade into the waters of being a leader and sort of this reluctant warrior, but he needs Egwene to comfort him and to protect him. And so right now they're working as like yeah. a good team. And it's just, it's very, it's a very sweet friendship, but also a survival, uh, survival need between the two of them. So I love their, their group. Yeah. Their duo. They're a good, a good pair. They're a good pair. Uh, so moving on to Elias, He's given me some Thumb Gleeman vibes, uh, unfortunately. Uh-oh. I think it might be because <laughs> Michael Kramer, who is the audiobook voice actor, is using the same voice for the Gleeman as for Elias. Mm, so yeah. I'm already like, I'm not about this guy because it's like the, the Gleeman. <laughs> That's not good. He's a little more practical, at least, he, than the no, Gleeman, no, he's, right? Like, he's got practical use. He's definitely not as bad. It's just the voices sounded similar, and I was like, I'm triggered. no more thumb no more thumb um but yeah back to uh Egwene's channeling Perrin not about this at all and Egwene kind of explains it as like this is my weapon like would you give up your axe I am not giving this up this is what makes me powerful Uh, and I think too just to kind of expand on that it's just interesting as a woman like we don't have as much physical powers as men do traditionally and so Egwene's like, I have this power. You are not taking this away from me. I'm not taking your axe away from you. All right? Stay in your court. I'm going to stay in mine. Mm -hmm. Okay? Tell him off. Egwene, (laughs) there's plenty of women telling men off in this series. I am here for it. Um, But yeah, if you want to get into any sort of fun facts before we meet Elias, because all the rest of my notes are about that guy, so. Okay, so right away, we start off the chapter. There's just some fun interactions, some good, like, characterization moments where they start off fighting over who is going to ride Bella because they only have one (laughs) horse, and they're going however many miles to Camelin. Like, it's got to be far, right? It's a long ways to go, so it's going to be days of travel. Walking that long is going to be difficult, so Egwene, very rightly, in my opinion, is like, no, we're going to share this. Like, you can't just walk the whole way on yeah. your own. And Perrin's like, no, no, I'm going to be fine. And Egwene kind of flips it on him, which I loved. She says, because uh, Perrin's like, you know, I'm used to walking, whatever. Mm-hmm. Egwene says, and I'm not used to walking. Egwene said sharply, <laughs> I'm the only one who's supposed to get saddle sore. Is that it? And then when you walk till your feet are ready to fall off, you'll expect me to look after you. And Perrin, for his reaction, I just have the, like, awkward emoji where he's like, uh-huh. Okay, yeah, okay, Gwen, yeah, leave it alone. I get it. Okay, I get the point. I'll ride no, Bella. This is whatever. why they're a good duo, okay? Yeah. And I just loved Perrin's internal thoughts to this. He's like, you know, in stories, leaders never <laughs> flinch. They were never bullied. But he reflected, they never had to deal with a Gwen either. So... She's got some strong personality. I think even in the last chapter, Perrin notes that he was surprised that she's going along with his plan because normally she doesn't take direction from anyone unless it's Nynaeve and Moraine at this point now too. But Mm -hmm. she's she's definitely very headstrong. Well, and also like, and Perrin will start to understand this, quality of being a leader is accepting your, you know, your faults and your shortcomings and accepting help from other people and sort of incorporating that uh, into your plan or to your structure or something like that. It's like he's trying to try out different examples of what a leader is or something. It's like, just be yourself, Perrin. You aren't a leader. You're natural born, okay? Oh yeah. You can talk to fucking wolves, dude. You're a leader, okay? <laughs> Except so it. I, uh, yeah, I like that he's sort of slowly starting to realize this, but that's part of being a leader. You gotta listen to people. If it's just you, who are you leading? No one. Okay. No one. So you gotta, you know, lead Egwene a little bit. It's gonna. She's the ultimate uh, test to see she if is. you can actually be a leader because she'll push you. But she will. the only other note I had was more of a question because mm-hmm. at some point when Perrin catches Egwene trying to start a fire with the power again, 
And he's like, please, no, I'll, I'll go <laughs> fetch the fire bow. What the fuck is a fire bow? I tried to yeah. Google this and nothing came up. It was just like MMO weapons, like, oh, the okay. ultimate fire bow, like how to achieve it or something. And like, I like, what is a fire bow? I don't know. So if anyone knows out there, please write in. Yeah, no, I mean, in my, in my head, I'm thinking it's just like a bow and arrow and the end of the arrow is just that ball fire, but the fire's already there and you shoot yeah. it into the fire pit makes fire. But like if you if you need to start a fire and you I don't have know. an arrow that's on fire, then like what is the point of the bow? No, I so no, it's it's we're we're it's we're back to the litter, we're back to the fairy. <laughs> there's, there's just things we don't, don't know. know. Mysteries that have yeah. to be kept on lock. I don't know. I don't know. It's not in the glossary. I don't know how to find out what it is. There's so much there's so much that's not in the glossary. It makes me crazy. I but, know. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Email yeah, us. I know. Please. The answers. <laughs> we're desperate. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's get into Elias then. So we meet mm. Elias. He has bright yellow eyes that are like polished gold. And when Perrin first sees them, he's thrown off and it tickles some memory at the back of his mind. And later on, he realizes that Elias's eyes look a lot like wolf eyes. Yep. And that's what he was reminded of. So, and Elias is like, he's, he seems kind of wild in a way, right? Like he's wearing animal well, skins for clothes. His cloak is made out of like rabbit fur and stuff. And he seems unused to shaking hands. Like he's a little like, what, what am I supposed to do with this when Perrin offers his? I mean, he literally has been living in the woods with wolves. He does not speak. True. He says this. I avoid yeah. villages and people. Fair. I people. Yeah. <laughs> this is a weird guy. Fair. Okay. One of the first things he says to them is that he's been watching them for days. That's very, very creepy Gleeman vibes. You gotta, right. you gotta okay. not yeah, do that. I see it now. Yeah, yeah. it's not really something you want to lead with. All these adults, quote unquote, that the Evans Fielders keep meeting seem to lack basic social cues. You know, you don't yeah. say that you've been watching someone for days on end. It's going to throw them Maybe off a the little bit. it's the most basic social cue. Just that. Yeah. But yes, as you mentioned, Perrin notices he has yellow eyes. As we already know, eye color is pretty crucial uh, in this series, especially for this guy. But yeah. can you imagine if you saw someone with yellow eyes, you'd be like, um. I know. This, uh. uh Monster. Not, not, not great. Um, but yeah. So Perrin does make the note that, you know, I think it throws him off for a second. But then he remembers, he's like. All the Trollocs I've seen have dark black eyes, and this guy has bright gold eyes, so that has to be something good, right? Like, he doesn't think about it too much more than that, but I figured that was the train of thought. Like, it's not Trolloc eyes, <laughs> so hmm. at least there's that. Right. You know, there, there's there's that for sure. Um, as you mentioned, they... Peony, they are explaining they're heading to Camelin, and as I said, Elias is like, well, um... That's cool. I don't go near villages or cities because, you know, the people don't like my friends. Who are your friends? Right. A whole pack of wolves just descends in a circle around them. And then, yeah, and then they show up have with their yellow eyes. And then it just gets weirder from here. Like, if I, okay, if I was in this situation, I would be terrified. But reading it, I was just like, this is so cringy. Like, <laughs> he's like... Here are my friends, Dapple and Bird and Hopper and Wind. And they don't really yeah. know their names, but this is what I call them. And the whole time, just like, guy, just like, back away. Pump the fucking brakes that you can talk to wolves. Like, just God. Yeah. No, Elias is like, yeah, you know, there isn't a village in 50 miles and you've been desperate for food. So here's some food. But also, here's my friends. This is how I make friends. Here so are I my friends. Them. I don't, I've never talked to a human in my life. Is that, am I yeah. supposed to touch your hand? Is that, what are we doing here? Like a, kind of a boop or a... He licks it. Uh, it's just, it's not, it's not a good look for my dude, Elias. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure you could speak more on this, but the next thing I want to talk about is when he's talking about uh, growing up, kind of, and how wolves would just gravitate toward him. And obviously, if wolves yes, are around you, it kind of like pushes how other starts. humans away. Yeah, yeah. There's, there, it's similar to a woman 
touching yeah. the true source for the first time. It, 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 similar to that, Elias also had an experience of, like, the first touch with the wolves and stuff. So, okay, so let's get into how one begins to talk to wolves. Because yes. this is an old power coming back to the world, so it's very mm. rare. It doesn't really happen to people as much as women touching the true source or men even um, going insane from touching the true source, too. Elias kind of explains that the wolves file, they found him first. He didn't find the wolves. The wolves kind of knew ahead of time that he was almost one of them or could talk to them or something like that. And they, they remember this happening in their past. Yes, Lily? Yes? Um, to clarify, Elias's ability to talk to wolves has nothing to do with the one power. He cannot wield. Yes. But it seems, no. but he has a magical ability that could seem like that. Yeah, it's just, it's it's older than that, is what he Ooh, says. Like, okay. it's, it's more ancient. Like, from the wolves' perspective, they, they, this is as natural as, like, the first hunt with the first man, you know? Ooh. Like, this is back in, like, caveman times, I'm oh, okay. assuming. Like, this is ancient magic. All right. uh, but yeah, nothing to do with the one power, just kind of a natural thing somehow. Okay. So, wolves found him first. It started when the wolves would show up wherever Elias would, and then they seemed to know what Elias was thinking and would respond to his thoughts, he says. And then, um, oh, that was pretty much it. So basically, the wolves start showing up wherever Elias is. The people around Elias are obviously like, whoa, this is a little strange, a little sus. There's wolves everywhere. You're like a wolf man. This I don't want to be around this because wolves are scary. Right. Um, they probably are killing my sheep and stuff. Mm -hmm. So get away from me. And Elias is like, chill. I hate people anyway. Right. I'm going to be one with the wolves. Right. And he also mentions that this ability can't be taught. You either can or you can't talk to wolves. Mm -hmm. And Which I thought was kind of sweet because this was in response to Egwene <laughs> trying oh, yeah. to be like friendly and like <sighs> accepting of Elias. Like, oh this is really cool like can you teach us to talk to wolves and eliza's like no no it's it's literally like it's like the popular girl in high school and the weird emo guy and the popular girl's like oh, <laughs> oh cool do you want to tell me about the manga and he's like you would never understand the depths of this series yeah. there's over a thousand episodes of one piece or something fucking and then the girl's like yeah okay <laughs> well i tried to talk to you you can't call me out like that <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> No, and he's uh, just over there with his, like, three wolf shirt howling at the moon, and, like, he's talking to his stuffed animal named Fluffy Butt. Like, you, she'll yeah. never understand me like you do, Fluffy Butt. That's literally this guy. I know. No, this is, a, this is a great character. And, like, exactly who you want to run into the woods. Like, oh, yeah. there are parts where it can seem like it's gonna really go wrong. Like, he could set the wolves on oh, them. Oh, yeah. But I think Definitely. for the people you could run into like more death or you know trollocs this is probably the best yeah. option you know weird wolf guy True. when you yeah when it's you put bad. it like that he's friendly enough you know yeah. he doesn't set the wolves on them so that's a check mark in his favor right but yes like you were saying he uh yeah he he explains to Gwen, no sorry you're already well that he um i guess he doesn't know this yet I don't think Egwene says that she's Aes Sedai, right? Because it's it's clear that they're no, all against dark Elias friends. No, because doesn't like Aes Sedai. Right. He wouldn't know. But Egwene is like, I'm Aes Sedai. Can I also talk to wolves? Just teach me these things. Like, she's just such in a learning. Yeah. She just wants it all. She wants to, like, she's a sponge. She's like, let me soak it in. No, she's like in college. She's like, I want to do everything. I want all my degrees. I want to keep learning. I never actually want to yeah. enter the real world. I just want to keep going to college forever and ever. And yeah, no, she's like, I'm taking Aes Sedai 101. I'll take a little, like, dabble in wolf speaking 101. What about like, hunting 201? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> But yeah, I think this is interesting, too, like we talked about, because the wolves would come to him, uh, and he wouldn't realize that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this would isolate him from other people, so he just sort of, you know, faded back into the woods and lived essentially with wolves. That's sort of what we are understanding. And so eventually, yes, this is all according to him, the Red Aja, who are the Aes Sedai who would come to, quote, gentle, the potential male 
wielders of the one power and gentle mm-hmm. we i guess are kind of vague on that does it mean kill them does it mean take care of them what you know something like that yeah. because clearly elias has some level of ability but as we discussed it's not the one power so the red aja are not doing their job okay this guy cannot channel stay away from him they should know that though you can sense other Aes Sedai. No, he mentions that they were convinced that they needed to gentle him. Right. And he's, he just called them Black Aja, that yeah. they served the Dark One. Fair. Obviously, they didn't like that. But he also says that um, he's explaining how gentling won't work on him because this has nothing to do with the One Power. Yeah. It's an old thing, older than Aes Sedai, older than anyone using the One Power, old as humankind, old as wolves. But he says that I said I don't like that either, the idea of old things coming back again, uh, because he's also not the only one who can talk to wolves, there are, or the only thing. There are other things, other folk, he says, um, that, and this makes I said I nervous. It makes them mutter about ancient barriers weakening. Things are breaking oh. apart, they say. They're afraid the Dark One will get loose, is what? You'd think I was to blame the way some of them looked at me. So he's clearly had some run-ins with Aes Sedai, but yeah. the idea of this older power coming back into the world once again is something that makes Aes Sedai nervous, and therefore they don't like him. They're like, you make me nervous, you need to leave. You need to we, stop whatever you're doing, stop talking to the wolves, put your stuffed animals away. Right. It's weird. Well, uh, it is weird, but yeah, that is interesting. It's almost like goes back to sort of this weird, like, what are we supposed to feel about the Aes Sedai? It's like, are they being threatened by a, something more powerful than they are? Why would they be more threatened mm-hmm. by that? Because it seems like hmm. his ability to talk to wolves isn't, like, evil or bad, but maybe the Aes Sedai think that it is. But as Moraine discussed, yeah, some Aes Sedai think some things, some Aes Sedai think other things. Like, there's so much right. political opinions within that one sect of people So there's a lot uh, going on there. But regardless, Elias is against Trollocs, against Fades, against Dark Friends. So seemingly they are on the same side if we want to keep it uh, that simple. He also said he has killed warders. I I just want to point out here, when he said he's killed warders, I'm pretty sure his pack of wolves have killed warders because this guy... (laughs) <laughs> I know the description makes him seem like this burly caveman, but I think he's like pretty like dweeby emo guy. Like I'm literally picturing like early <laughs> Justin Bieber's haircut, except black hair oh. and like under uh-huh. eyeliner. Oh, he's yeah, he's got Skinny the eyeliner jeans. going on. He like takes some mud at the every yes. at the break of every dawn, puts it on his <laughs> face. Like no one understands yeah. me. He has my skinny jeans with the the knee the knee thing completely cut out, and then he has like super mm-hmm. faded converse like really high ankle converse that's the vibe i'm getting from this guy who's just sort of like i hang out in the woods i've killed warders and the wolves are like like, i was doing this magic before i said i were cool yeah so i'm the og oh 100 this guy yeah absolutely he's he is the guy who only listens to things on vinyl because it's warmer or like name three songs from obscure indie Mm -hmm, band mm -hmm. this is 100% 100% oh, this guy. Oh, you like wolves? Name three of them. You know, I know <laughs> Hopper, Burn, and Dapple, okay? <laughs> I got fucking Fire Hydrant, Lamp Post, and iPhone, okay? <laughs> Whatever he names them. But he also mentions, this is a key thing, that wolves can kill Trollocs and they can even kill Fades. Yes. It takes a whole pack of them and half of the pack will die, but they can also mm-hmm. kill Fades as well and i think this is helpful to note because dapple who apparently is their leader also something else mm-hmm. that's weird it's like you're the human but the leader is dapple so you are the yeah. underneath the no, leadership he's just part of the pack yeah <sighs> okay so dapple decides i mean we'll talk about this a bit more but once they go through their bullshit story and once uh elias actually the wolves are the ones who are like hey mm, it's bullshit yeah it's bullshit. they get called out on their lies dapple still is like uh we want to go with you because we're against trollocs and fades so we're gonna come to protect you which honestly that's awesome beginning of chapter 22 perrin's like how do i find a queen i don't know if i'm a leader end of chapter 23 he's leading a pack of wolves kind of a glow up yeah, definitely a glow up. <laughs> Absolutely. 
<laughs> the little one. So why don't we get into Perrin being told that he can also talk to wolves yes. and then the, there's a couple little hints throughout the chapter where it seems like he's maybe starting to realize it or feel it in some kind of way because the way that Elias describes them as speaking is more so the thoughts because we never hear the wolves like they're not like barking at Elias to communicate uh-huh. with him right like it's all like just them making eye contact and staring at each yeah. other and then they're like okay cool got it I understood right. that right which is better than because you know how cringy it was in, like, Narnia when Aslan would, like, be speaking oh, English? Like, it's, yeah. you don't want yeah. that. It's like, this is much yeah. more realistic, what? where it's just this sense. No wolf mouth is going to, like, be able to pronounce an S sound. No. Like, okay, I'm sorry. Or no, an or L. W, like, no. It's not going to happen. No. So it's thoughts. It makes more sense this way. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple moments where Perrin kind of thinks he can almost hear what the wolves and Elias are talking about. Um, when Perrin thinks Elias is kind of making some kind of joke out of Perrin, he's like, oh, this is crazy. Like, he's just trying to make me think that I can hear the wolves, but I really can't. And he's trying to convince himself that it's not true. The wolf named Hopper seemed to look at him and grin. And Perrin wondered how he had put a name to the wolf. Oh. Yeah. Because Elias never points out who each wolf is we just know that dapple's the one because that's the one that does like her coat is like the it's like no it's sunshine just... shining through the branches of the trees <laughs> it's more of a feeling than an actual name but it's a really simplified name and it just it's his stuffed animal no name. i just imagine elias like going around the circle and being like okay this one's dappled and this one's bird and this one's hopper he's my favorite <laughs> they all have their cubbies <laughs> Yeah. Like, ah, oh, this guy. Oh. No, and, like, burn is more obvious because burn has been burned, so he has a burn mark on his shoulder that he got from a trollic, and he hates trollics and stuff. But, okay, so the point here, though, is yeah, that Perrin sorry, was able to put a name to the wolf without knowing who it was, and also that Hopper is kind of, like, almost making fun of him, in my opinion, for trying to convince himself that it's not true and like clearly it's true because Hopper hears this and is like no I'm I'm listening to you and you're trying to convince yourself of something and it's right. a little pathetic dude just accept it no it's like the mirror of of the Nynaeve uh accepting where it's like it's yeah. so like Nynaeve has a bit more intelligence than Perrin I'd say uh, and so she even has to accept her <laughs> yeah. dying quickly and then Perrin as you said it's like uh dude this wolf is talking to you you cannot deny it so he's having also the same yeah. realization. What? I don't want anything to do with this. What? With what? Myself? Yeah. It's you. That's you. Exactly. Exactly. And even at the end, when Burn decides to leave, because Burn is like, you know, if we're not going to be hunting Trollocs here and they're nearby, then I need to get out there and go kill some Trollocs because that is my sole purpose in life is to kill <laughs> right. them because they burned me as I was a child. My name is Antigo Montoya. You killed my father. Now you have to die. Oh, uh, yeah. It, this is my origin story. Uh, this is my only purpose. <laughs> I can hear. Oh, so Burn leaves the group and Perrin feels burn leaving so again this is kind of like how they communicate it's not through like actions it's more through thoughts and feelings and he this is the quote i'll just read it Mm -hmm. and the scarred male was not the only one a dozen others all young males loped after him perrin wanted to believe it was all elias playing on his imagination but he could not Mm. so he he feels them going like he can feel them like kind of leaving whatever part of his brain he feels these wolves at this point and the very last sentence of the chapter is Perrin getting the thought from Burn, who hates Trollocs he says he felt a thought he knew came from Burn, as sharp and clear as if it was his own thought hatred hatred and the taste of blood mm. so it's like it's starting to form like they had no indication before this that you right. know, he could sense the wolves but the wolves clearly knew and i think this is a big reason why elias felt comfortable approaching them because it's like you know yes they're like helpless little lambs with no food and it's yeah. been days and they literally can't find anything except mushrooms to eat so you feel you kind of pity them yeah. but also the wolves are kind of like hey like he's our wolf brother you know right. like let's get to know him because this well, is pretty rare and also if so. you can imagine the wolves having to deal with elias like is there anyone else please that has this like can we communicate with yeah. anyone else any other human yeah. oh parent thing 
God, I could not talk about One Piece anymore. I hate this. So, <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, yeah, I think I didn't write this in my notes, but I'd ha- I have to mention it because it's too close. In Game of Thrones, there's a lot of connections between the Starks and the Direwolves, but they, so Bran and John and Rob, whatever, they are all warging into the Direwolves. So there's a lot of the scenes mm-hmm. where Bran will warg into Summer and sort of as Summer's hunting, and then Bran also feels like he was hunting. Yes. So it seems as though Perrin's not warging into these animals. He just has this connection with them where he knows their thoughts. Right. So this sort of gets into, you know, what is the range of communication? Clearly, Perrin has not experienced wolf talking uh, beforehand, but there's been wolves in Emmons Field. That's from chapter one. Remember, they're talking about the wolves True. destroying yeah. crops. Like, he hasn't had this encounter yet. So I wonder if it's something like with channeling, you have to have sort of mm-hmm. someone like Elias help you through it or or sort of have wolves close enough to you so you can hear yeah. them. Like there's a lot more going on here. Um, like you're saying, it's this mm-hmm. older power. So we might not know as much about it as we will learn about channeling and the true source and all the Aes Sedai magic. So this one might be a little bit more mm-hmm. mysterious. Super interesting. I just have this awesome, I'm yes. sure there's some great fan art of this, of like Perrin with Egwene and all these wolves in the back. And then Elias is like kind of like kind of along with yeah. them. Wolfing behind just them. Just kind of like wolfing around. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I love this. I love this for Perrin. This is a very interesting uh, power he has though. And yeah. I think kind of would confirm that he's not the Trelic target if he has this ability. Because unless oh. unless he can talk to wolves and also is an Aes Sedai, which seems super unlikely, I feel like having old power and being an Aes Sedai, that's going to kill you immediately. So this isn't actually a prediction, but I just in my, in my talking, I'm thinking that maybe Perrin isn't the direct target target of the Trollocs. I think it's Rand, but I thought that for a while. Mm-hmm. Matt, I don't know what the, mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing. Um, <laughs> Matt's just along for the ride. He's yeah, having a good time. We'll get there later. I'm going to discuss more of the starting five of Emmons Field later. Okay. I'd love to learn more about his wolf talking ability. I love this for Perrin. Elias, I could do without, but it's fine. He, he's he's interesting enough. Yeah. You know, he's a fun character he's to fun. have around. He's, he's definitely a character. Um, the last thing I just want to talk about before we get into your predictions is just like a, a couple fun moments again with Perrin and Egwene where Elias is trying to convince them to not go to Tarvalon because he's like, you know, I hate Aes Sedai. They right. really hate this whole like talking to wolves thing. And now Perrin, you can do that too. They're not going to like that about you either. So I would stay away from them if you can. And Egwene is obviously like, Hell no. Like, we right. have to go to Tarvalon. Not because like, that's where everyone else is going, but, like, I need to get there. Right. So she's like, no, I'm the leader now. We are right. going to Camelin and then to Tarvalon. And Perrin gets, like, so angry about this when he's like, okay, now she's just making decisions for both of us without even talking to me about it. Um, And he asks himself, he's like, what about you, Perrin? And he said, and he answered himself, me? Well, let me think. Yes. Yes, I think I'll go on. And then he turned a mild smile on her. Well, Egwene, that makes both of us. I guess I'm going with you at that. Good to talk these things out before <laughs> making a decision, isn't it? It's just the Perrin's most first passive aggressive. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to be direct about it, but I'm going to like have a conversation with myself in front of you and shame you a little bit. I love it because it. I think that shows sort of their connection and all the time they've spent together. They can kind of like talk shit and like joke yeah. on each other a little bit. I love the bit when they're talk. This is part of the montage where they're trading stories from Emmons Field that start with, you know, Aww. way back when. And it's just it's really cute because you realize they have all this history together. They're just, you know, growing up old friends, you know, all the, the four of them because you don't hear about any other Obviously, there's other people of their age in Emmons Field, but that yeah. core group is Rand, Matt, Egwene, and Perrin. And so it's cute. They have all these stories together. And I think that yeah. little bit from Perrin is coming through um, their relationship. It's like, all right, okay, I get it. You're making the decision. But like, did we ask Perrin if he wants to come? <laughs> and then Elias is like, okay, I'm going to ask the wolves if I can go along because I can't make decisions <laughs> either. 
<laughs> what do you think, Wolfie? What do I think, yes. We want Perrin to come too. What okay. do you think, Wolfie Wolfie? Should we go along with them? <sighs> it's just this guy I can't handle. I would, it would be better, I think, if it was uh, like two people with the wolf thing. Yeah, but Maybe no. not. Maybe, maybe it's better that it's just this weird emo kid with all of his manga. And he's like, my only safe space is with my wolfy friends. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so, well, they're going to be traveling together for a while. So it'll I'm, be some good times. We'll see how it listen, goes. Listen, I'm here for it. Elias, he's given me a lot of um, interesting thoughts to go down. I, I enjoy yeah. him. He's not a Moraine or Gleeman to me. I think he's, he's fun. And through him, we're going to learn more about, hopefully, uh, learn more about this old power, this sort of. Yes wolf speak type of thing yes and yeah he has yellow eyes wolves have yellow eyes we'll get into this but he definitely is not telling his full truth to Egwene and Perrin like they did with him mm. but you know they mm -hmm. didn't say everything either they're both keeping some things close to the chest which is good for yeah no tension. I mean they just met each other yeah so that's that's a good uh, way to go about it so with that do you have any Coplin Talk predictions for us to get into? What do you think is going to happen? Yars. Coplin Talk. So Perrin being able to talk to wolves and kind of, I think, also sense their emotions in a sense, that's rarer than being able to channel being an Aes Sedai, which I think is proven by this yes. being an old power. So Elias, he's a wolf person, okay? He's a wolf who is a human form. I'm still kind of formulating this because just how he's been living with wolves and that he has yellow eyes. Uh, but Perrin, I didn't know how to word this, so I wrote Perrin is the same species as Elias, but like, <laughs> whatever. But I don't think... <laughs> His mother was a wolf. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Perrin has yellow eyes. I think that would be a very obvious descriptor if he did have them. But, right, yeah. you know, again, this is stuff we don't know about this ability to talk to wolves. Like, is it just you are born with this ability? Did something happen to you? Are you part of this, you know, ancestry of people who can speak to wolves? There's a lot of interesting things there. But Elias having yellow eyes, I'm like, I'm sorry, bro, but are you like a shapeshifter? Like something, something's going on with him, mm -hmm. which we touched on. I think mm -hmm. there's a mystery mm -hmm. there. Well, we'll get into that. Um, this isn't a prediction. This is more of just me breaking down kind of the characters a little bit more. But goddamn, Evans Field has the best starting five in the entire world, and nobody knew. Not even Moraine. So true. I know. Nynaeve, potentially the most powerful Aes Sedai since LTT. Probably more powerful, y'all. Okay? Egwene, she's going to be the next Amarlin seat. Okay? Rand, the Dragon Reborn. Whatever, that's chill. That's one of my predictions. Some big predictions. Perrin is a, a half wolf, half human man. Okay. Also, trunks for arms. Matt, the prankster, loves the flower pranks. Yeah. These skills you're not finding anywhere else. It's kind of like with the NBA, like the best player, just let me go here. Yeah. The best players in the NBA, like most of them are either from Chicago or this small county in Washington, D.C. And it's like, Hmm. somehow those two areas produce like Kevin Durant, Victor Oladipo, everybody who goes to Kentucky is from Chicago. Like it's just these hot the spots. Water. There's something in the water. And clearly Evans Field, if there was an NBA in this world, they would all be first round draft picks. I love that you're putting the flower pranks on a level as the <laughs> dragon reborn or I mean, the Omerlin seat. <laughs> but fair, you know? You know, comedy is so crucial to uh, life. And you, you need Matt. You need the prankster. You need to keep things light. He is like the chewed piece of gum that holds all of the, like, wobbly parts together. Exactly. Exactly. He, no, it's, if, if we didn't have Matt, nothing else would happen. How would Rand become as powerful as he's going to become? How would Egwene become as powerful as she's going to become? Nynaeve... She's going to be powerful with no one's help. It, she is just going yeah. there. She's a True. shooting star. No, but everyone else hinges on Matt. 100%. If he's not there, everything falls apart. He is the support system, you know? Okay, I see it. Starting five. But it, it, it's just, it's an incredible lineup. 
incredible, okay? The old blood is strong. It is quite strong. And uh, that's all I got. These chapters have been fire, okay? I love them. I cannot wait. Yes. Let's head to Camelin. Yeah, lots of reveals. Yes. Whew. Let's get to Camelin. Let's get everyone off the boat into Whitebridge. And uh, Moraine, Lan, and Nynaeve are going to have their like fun little trio moments. And it's yes. all going to be great. Nothing else bad will ever happen. Nothing else bad will happen. Um, I, I've had enough of a break from Rand. So I would like to hear from him soon. But if we had another... Nynaeve chapter, I would be 100% here for it. True. If we have a Thumb Gleeman point of view chapter, I might have to end this. Just saying. I don't know why we would need that, but if if it comes, I'm going to be like, Julia, yeah. we're going to skip this episode and we're not going to tell people why. Okay? Or this chapter. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, fine. Okay. Um, yeah. What, what do we got next? Flight down the Aranel yes. with a, what looks to be a uh it looks like a harp also an accordion and it makes me nervous because it's a musical instrument which would allude to the gleeman i'm not reading a Uh sentence but i'm a little bit scared well hold on to that fear and hold on to your butts because next week we got chapter 24 flight down the rnl and we're nearing the halfway point in the book i think if we're not already there so we're 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 making moves yeah we're, we're getting there we're getting through the book finally as always, tweet at us. Please, someone tell us what a firebow is. Please. At Copland Talk Thank on you. Twitter. CoplandTalk at gmail.com. We really need to know. Mm-hmm. Whatever else you want to send our way, send it to us at whatever you want. It doesn't right. matter. Rate, Just review. Keep everywhere. it uh, Keep it no spoilers for myself. Uh, if you yes. are on Twitter, yes. spoiler it up. That's Julia's domain. Um, but yeah, Go for it. let's get some interaction going. I want to hear from people, okay? I, I really need to be justified in my hatred of the Gleeman and my distrust of Moraine. <laughs> Someone please agree with me. If you feel the same, and if, if you're a wolf brother like Elias, come at us. We're wolf ready. brothers, pause up, guys, pause up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wolf brothers, out. <laughs> Bye. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>